and welcome everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. We are the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy. I am your host on this journey. And of course, I'm not alone. I'm joined by my friend and my co-host, Phil. Phil, how you doing today, brother? Dude, it is finally fall. It is spooky and spice season. I am doing great. Ah, yes, that's right, folks. We are up to October, and it is time for our second annual Spoopy Month. That's right, folks. We're going to take a look at some cartoons that feature specifically on Halloween or ghosts and goblins and vampires, whatever we can get a hold of this year. And, of course, we have another great 80s episode for you. Ah, But before we get into that, of course, got to let you know that uh, totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media. Of course, we are on social media. You can check us out on Facebook. You can look up both Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast and Geek World Order. And of course, Twitter and Instagram, both at Geek World Order. And today, well, we have a very interesting episode featuring some ghosts. And we're looking at an episode of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, hold on, wait a minute. Ghosts and G.I. Joe. Yeah. I know, it's an odd concept, but we are looking at the episode, The Phantom Brigade. Oh, it happened. I mean, there are some weird things that happen in G.I. Joe. I mean, come on, we have a five-part episode that opens the second season that's like, Gen- like genetic engineering on steroids to create Serpentor. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, uh, and then there's an episode where like half of it takes place at a sci-fi convention. Oh, dude. G.I. Joe explores them all. Oh, man. They but work? Yes. Oh, man. There, there was a couple episodes I could have chosen for this one, and maybe we'll do the other one for next Halloween. Hey, I'm cool uh, with that. There's definitely some uh, odd episodes of G.I. Joe. Uh, but so, yeah, we are we get right into the episode here. And our setting is in the Carpathian Mountains. Major Blood is leading a squadron of fire bats uh, towards a munitions depot uh, that barely has decided they don't want to do business with Cobra. Don't say no to Cobra, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, Major Blood's like in like the little Fang helicopter, which, dude, the this tiny little one person helicopter, <laughs> yeah. and it's completely open. It is. It, There's it's a no protection box. on this thing at all. The only thing he has to protect him is that metal jack off arm. That's it. Yeah. Right. That's a well, jack off, dude. And. There's, like, no, like, consistent story with that thing. Like, whether it's, like, an armor or, like, if he actually lost his arm and it's, like, a robotic replacement. Jack-off arm. That's it. <laughs> That's we have the think. technology. We can rebuild him stronger, rebuild him. harder, faster. But for one sole purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, there. So, Cobra fires on this base and... We are directed towards Ivan, one of the soldiers guarding the plant. And he tries to contact his c- 
commanding officers for assistance, or... Well, they have no assistance they can offer him. Nope. They are short-staffed, as you say. Yeah, so it looks like the other base that this commander is running seems to have its own issues. So yeah, Cobra's uh, pretty well got this one wrapped up. Or do they? Aha. As we see coming into view, a squadron of G.I. Joe Sky Strikers led by Scarlet. Oh, Scarlet. Bro, she is like in total Cobra hunt mode. She really, she really was. You can run Cobra, but you can't hide. Like, she she is straight up in vengeance mode for them. Whatever she's going through right now, it works because she, yeah, she was ready, man. So they counter the airstrike and Scarlet radios out to Duke, who has, who's leading the ground convoy. But it's not Duke that answers the radio. It's Cover Girl. <laughs> oh, man. This scene right here. Bro. They are, like, throwing some shade here and implying some things. Right. That I, I don't like... think are ever touched on again at all in this series. Really like, good old. Like, is there, like, a, a little thing going on between Duke and uh, Cover Girl? Because she's like, uh, because Cumberbatch's like, yeah, don't worry about Duke. He's right here beside me. And she's like, yeah, I bet he is. And Uh, I'm like, whoa. Because that's definitely been kind of the whole hint at the whole G.I. Joe series that like Duke Scarlet is a thing. Because, you know, they completely ignored the comic books. Yeah. Like, um, what about Snake Eyes? Oh, right. The, this series doesn't want to use Snake Eyes because they don't know how to write for a silent character. Pretty much. Whereas, you know, Larry Hama <laughs> wrote an entire comic book with zero dialogue that focused entirely on Snake Eyes. Issue 21, the silent issue. Freaking great, by the way. It's like, yeah. And that was written, like, around the same time, so... Somebody knows how to use a silent character. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. Just write some good action sequences that tell a story. Pretty much. Uh, So, yeah, no, we get this weird thing that, like, I don't know, like, so Duke is apparently, like, a piece of garbage? And he's trying to hit, like, everything on the base? Yeah, typical. I've been in the military. Yeah. That's (laughs) so he's right at home Mm -hmm. yeah so basically the ground convoy comes in so you have all of the uh, toys that are available you've got Mauler tanks and APCs and armadillos and basically any toy vehicle you could buy at this time oh yeah so yeah basically they kind of go back and forth uh, Duke manages to pull Ivan and the base commander t- to safety. And Cobra even decides to throw some of their uh, hang gliders out. And But Gung-Ho is there and he kind of shoots them out pretty easily. 
Because he's gung-ho, motherfucker. Yeah. I remember him always being kind of a badass. I mean, a little reckless, but... I mean, he is a proud U.S. Marine. Yeah. As you can tell by the very large tattoo on his chest. (laughs) Because he's gung-ho, and if he's standing on it, it's America. Pretty much. He's uh, he's straight up Mr. Go USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Duke orders Gung Ho to guard the, the base commander and the other soldiers. And they're kind of taking cover from the fire bats. And so Gung Ho makes this odd remark that the commander of the base sounds like Count <laughs> Dracula. Yeah, he's like, you sound like Count Dracula. Yo, Duke got offended by it, too. He did. He's like, you motherfucker. But they can't say that in cartoons. Well, they can now. He's like, you accuse us of being ghosts and vampires? Gunner's like, (laughs) what? No werewolves? Yeah, and he didn't give a shit. He's like, what? No werewolves? He was still an ass about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so pretty much at this point... Uh, the battle is wearing on, and the fire bats are basically running low on fuel. They're outnumbered at this point. So they just decide to get the F out of there. Mm-hmm. And Major Blood's like, um, what are you guys doing? We can't spend money if we're six feet under. <laughs> yeah. Really can't yep. get paid for this mission because, well, yeah, if they're dead, right, money's kind of useless to them. I appreciate the comedy in this episode, by the way. Bruh. It, it was it was pretty great. Oh, dude, we're going to get into some of it, like, right here. So, Ooh. basically, we cut to Cobra's uh, base of operations for the week. And there is <laughs> this... Old gypsy lady at the gates. And she's kind of being roughed up by some cobra eels. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you know, you can only have so many actors per episode. Uh, so this gypsy lady is definitely played by BJ Ward because you can hear kind of her. Oh. Wow, why am I blanking on it? What's her? Oh, what's the witch's name from Hagar? Hmm. So she definitely puts a little more of that vibe on it. Really? And she's she's like, you know, talking to you. She's like, oh, don't mess with me. I'll put a curse on you that will make your hand shrivel up. And like, oh fuck. <laughs> Yo, they just like look at their hands like they're just like waiting for it to happen. It was so funny. Oh man! They're like, oh shit! Like they were, they were just immediately let go over. Like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Yeah. So basically, the Baroness comes up and calls She's them like, a bunch of idiots. <laughs> yeah. And the Baroness sounds the same, no? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she heads into the command center where Major Blood is being berated by Cobra Commander because obviously he fails. Yeah. And they bring, you know, the gypsy woman in. And so Baroness kind of understands what is going on here. But she's like, 
Um, listen. This gypsy lady is someone you should not be messing around with. Because, um, you know, magic and voodoo, this is not something you want to F around with. Yeah, it's like, with. (laughs) So, yes, so, um, so Cobra Commander has this plan where he's going to bring in some, uh, new reinforcements to his army. He's going to bring them in from the afterlife. Yeah. Silence! And so the episode kind of goes on the whole thing of sometimes when people die, their ghosts are still bound to the earth for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't get proper burials, which is the case with these three individuals because there are items from their life that because they didn't get buried properly they're still basically tethered to the earth and can't successfully transition to the afterlife so the so the gypsy lady she pulls out the items she has an ancient roman coin a gold ring and a silver heart-shaped locket Uh, So at this point, she does her thing and she summons these individuals from the afterlife. So in this case, we have the coin, of course, belongs to a Roman soldier. The wedding ring belongs to a female Mongolian warrior. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a a female Mongolian warrior. I'm like, okay. Which is badass. Now, if you pay attention, this Mongolian warrior sounds very familiar. Oh, really? It's straight up Morgan Lofting, who is the Baroness. And she didn't even change her voice. She still used the Baroness voice. Just like her. Yeah, no, she didn't even change her voice. By the way, I used to have the hots for the Baroness. As a kid. <laughs> I mean, I think that was the point. She's hot. Yeah, hey, no, literally didn't even change her voice for this role. Really? He's like, I'm going to do these voices. Yeah, but they'll sound the same. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. And then the locket belongs to a World War One U.S. Airman. Oh, this guy, man. Whew. And he also has the biplane that he's that he flew it's like so did he die in the plane say did he get blown out of the sky i mean he must have because we see the plane later and it's got and it's like cut up like swiss cheese oh yeah it's it's, i guess he got shot down he must have so basically we kind of get the whole spiel of well yeah they basically have to serve cobra commander because he has the items and he'll only give the items to them if they do what he says. Yep. That's basically the thing. You know, these items have to get a proper burial. Otherwise, these spirits are bound to the earth. So even to a ghost, he's like, obey my orders. Yes. Even to the freaking undead. And they basically know that, yeah, yeah, we're... 
we're effed. So we go back to the munitions area, and now the ghosts are talking that are attacking them. And this is where things get really weird, because the ghosts are like, like, especially the guy with the plane, like he starts shooting at them, and when it hits, like these flames erupt. But it looks like the the flames are like ghosts, because the flames have like red eyes and mouths. It was like these, and even one of the Joes was like, what kind of ammunition is he using? Right? Because they were like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, as our, as the attack starts, we build up some nice little drama. Uh, so, uh, so we head into our first commercial break of the evening here. So, uh, we'll be back in just a moment, folks. Be back after these messages. First, there was XR4TI. The car that led Lincoln Mercury to its third straight Trans Am Racing Championship. Now there's Scorpio 2, the car that combines German performance with the features and appointments you can be comfortable with. And they say lightning doesn't strike twice. XR4TI and Scorpio, two bold strokes of driving excitement imported from Germany for select Lincoln Mercury dealers. Who flies overnight letters for just $8.75? Watch the birdie. Express mail overnight service from your post office. Common Sense Self-Defense, Monday at 9 on Channel 7. No big deal. Tune-ups? It's MasterCare car service. Great tune-ups with a computer that talks to your car. Finally, taking care of your car is no big deal. MasterCare car service by Firestone. I thought they just sold tires. Just how orange does a diet Minute made orange taste? Diet Minute Made Orange with 100% Nutri-Sweet. The orange. Orange. All right, and we are back. So as the uh, ghost army here is attacking the Joes, of course, we get some very good questions from the Joe team. Uh, Snowjob and Wild Bill are kind of like, um, so when did they switch from their normal weapons to biplanes? <laughs> yeah, so yes. basically, they're trying to take cover. The ghosts are shooting at them. This is some weird stuff going on here. Uh, so we switch over to Scarlet and Roadblock. Uh, they're fighting with one of the ghosts. Because uh, Scarlet tries to basically shoot the the Mongolian warrior with her crossbow. And the warrior responds back with her own arrow. And it straight up strikes this thing. And like mm-hmm. turns it into ice. I did not know ghosts had elemental powers. Right? We're just drawing from all sorts of inspirations here. Oh yeah. And like Roadblock's got to like shove Scarlet out of the way because that arrow was like about to go right through her. What was she like? Just shocked because she she was not going anywhere, right? 
Yeah, no, I mean, could have just been caught up in the heat of the battle, but... Yeah. At, at least Roblox was all like, what the F? Yeah, seeing a ghost shoot an ice arrow at you, I guess I yeah. kind of clam up too. Oh, so we go into a building here, and uh, Quick Kick is just, you know, stealthing through the building. And he meets up with the centuri with the Roman centurion. Bro. Bro. <laughs> and quick kick. Oh my god. He gives like one of his cheesiest lines ever. I was like, gonna Let me guess. To... Great there. Caesar's ghost. Oh jeez. <laughs> quick kick. <laughs> so Apparently, the Roman centurion's sword has, like, powers in it as well. Yeah. Because he, like, lightning bolts quick kick. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not understanding these ghost weapons, but they're quite formidable. And so, like... What does Quick Kick grab? Like a sheet pan? Some kind of metal sheet or a sheet pan? I thought it was a table, but it just looked like a sheet pan. Yeah, this yeah. ghost like takes away his weapons, like with his sword. It literally like magnet style. Yeah, and Quick Kick like tries to like WWF style use a sheet pan on the guy. <laughs> and really it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. All that happens is the ghost kind of just brings this room and its contents down on Quick Kick. And Quick Kick's like, what do they got, like an anti-gravity weapon or something? Yeah, that's yes. what it was, Quick Yeah. Yeah, anti-gravity. <laughs> a ghost with an anti-gravity weapon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we cut back to the base and Cobra Commander seems to be pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah. But someone else is not happy in this room. Well, Barrios is not very happy. Because like, <laughs> she's sort of like, yeah, well, I'm about to be out of a job here and kind of useless. <laughs> oh, you know, no. Took our germs. They took our germs. Took our germs. Took our germs. <laughs> oh shit! She had a took our job moment. Right. So yeah, Cobra Commander's like, "Yes, I'm winning. I'm winning." And Baroness literally just her. She's like, "Oh, the night is still young. You about to lose your job." Yeah. So. So this munitions depot must be very close to where Cobra Commander's base is. Because mm -hmm. literally, like, the next scene, the, like, they're still through the attack and the biplane is shooting at them. But, like, literally the next scene, the Baroness is there. And she straight up walks up to the Joes. Yeah, like it was nothing. Like, this is like the cartoon timing logic that never makes sense. It's like, how much time passes here? Like, 
are you found so easily? It's like, um, because the Baroness was at the evil hideout, but now she's at the munitions base. Like, Mm -hmm. is this, is this base like at the foot of the mountain where this, where the bad guy's hideout is? Seriously. So like, she just straight up walks up to like Duke and Scar and all of them say, listen, I come in peace. And of course, they're suspicious as heck. But she's literally like, okay, I can tell you about the Phantom Brigade. I can even tell you where Cobra Commander's base is. I mean, she literally could, probably could have just pointed up to a mountain. And she, yeah. Yeah, right there. Because once again, we're talking about these weird time inconsistencies. Oh, yeah. yeah, it could explain how she got there so fast. And she's like, and they're like, why would you be helping us? Because as any time a Cobra agent helps G.I. Joe, it's basically revenge. Pretty much. Because I know there was a couple of times where Destro helped the Joes. And I was like, um, yeah, no. Cobra Commander pissed me off and I don't want to be useless. Job security. Yeah. That's basically what, and that's what the Baroness says. She's like, um, I want job security. Because mm-hmm. if if they beat you guys, uh, Cobra Commander may not need my services anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so Duke gathers up the Joes that are all there, and he explains the information he was provided that they need to find the objects you know, that are keeping these ghosts attached to the earth and provide them with the proper burial. And he's basically, listen, I don't expect you to believe any of this, but so far the Baroness has told us exactly what we need to do, where Cobra Commander's base is. Um, Dude, so yeah, once again. Th- at least she was real about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, Cobra Commander pissed me off. This is like a very, it's a because very common fuck. theme. <laughs> so yeah, so the biplane attacks once again. Uh, so Wild Bill and CoverGirl he- head into a helicopter to chase the biplane. So at this point, our heroes are getting ready for some dangerous activities. Uh, So we get into some nice little drama and we transition to our second commercial of the episode here. So we'll be back in just a moment, folks. The most talked about film of 1987 is coming on video cassette. He couldn't resist. Are you? Discreet. But something this tempting has its price. (laughs) Fatal Attraction from Paramount. Reserve your copy today. For those of you considering a new truck, compare the Ford Ranger XLT and the Toyota Deluxe. Nice try, Biff. Both trucks have an AM, FM, stereo cassette and power steering. Nice try, Biff. But the Ford Ranger adds a fuel-injected engine, a six-year, 60,000-mile powertrain warranty, and more, all for less money. Nice try, Biff. And if Ranger's features don't convince you, then consider the option. Now, during Ford's leadership celebration, get a $500 cash bonus on Ranger. 
Dannon yogurt has no preservatives, no artificial coloring, no artificial flavor, no artificial anything. And it says so right on the label. Unfortunately, not all yogurts can say the same. Which is why, if you care about what you and your family eat, the people who make Dannon suggest we all stop taking yogurt for granted and start reading labels again. This message has been brought to you by pure, fresh Dannon yogurt. The yogurt with no artificial anything. How you doing? He destroyed him in Detroit. Now he's busting up Beverly Hills. I've never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while because I ordered some pizza? Eddie Murphy in his runaway hit. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? Network television premiere. Police! You're all under arrest! Do that again. I'll shoot you myself. Beverly Hills Cop next Sunday. Tuesday. Moonlighting. Then. You're so invigorating. I'm so tired. 30 something. After moonlighting Tuesday. He was so rude to me. And in public, too. But then he called me by another woman's name Bambi. Who's Bambi? Do I look like a Bambi? I'll take care of everything. Would you? Miss Smith will be banking with us now. Welcome to our bank. Members of the First Nationwide Network treat you with respect, concern, and understanding. But don't worry, you'll get used to it. All right, and we are back. Uh, so, Cover Girl and Wild Bill are in the helicopter. Uh, but Wild Bill is hesitant to fire on the plane because he'd like to know who he's firing against. But he has this odd suspicion because he did mention earlier in the episode that the plane kind of looks like a fighter that was used in World War One. Yeah, he knows his stuff. So I guess he reaches into like the, the console of like his Dragonfly helicopter. He's like, you know what? I've had this flag sitting in here since last Veterans Day. <laughs> put, put it up against the window. And this oh, actually man. works. <laughs> That's so funny. So they the why, dude? Yeah. So the pilot of the biplane sees it. It's a U.S. chopper. So he lands. So they all land. You know, and he's like, "What unit are you with?" Wild Bill's like, "I'm with GI Joe." But the pilot's like the hell is that why are you looking at me so weird it's like i'm not looking at you i'm looking through you yep is i don't think the pilot grasped the idea that he's dead yeah he had no idea like even when they first appeared like the other two seemed to understand that they were probably dead but this pilot uh, yeah yeah, he didn't really seem to grasp that when they were summoned from the afterlife. Nope. Um, so yeah, so the other ghosts appear and they're like, wow, you're a moron. They laughed at the poor guy. Bro. 
He was devastated. Uh huh. They laughed at his ass. And Duke's yeah. like, um, could you two stop being bastards? It was like, why don't you guys leave them alone? Like, you know, like lay off. They're defending this poor young ghost. So yeah, one of them decides to pull out their elemental powers, and all of a sudden it's got very cold and icy around the Joes. Yeah, they are. Uh... That's one that was. <laughs> Ooh like, boy! So Flyboy here's like, don't y'all remember what it was like to be alive? You know, to be in pain and be in love. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts of crazy things oh. going on here. Says apparently the, the the warrior, she must have died shortly after her husband. Yeah. She tells a story about how her you know she got married and apparently her husband died very quickly after the marriage. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, well y'all are warriors, so that's probably a thing that happens. Stupid so, Mongolians. Mongolians. <laughs> I had to. Welcome, welcome to Walk. Welcome to Shittywalk. Stupid Mongolians. Oh, man. So, yeah, the, these nice Arctic winds disappear. And the pilot's like, well, unfortunately, we have to follow Cobra Commander until we mm. get our belongings back. And he's like, yeah, no. I know what we're doing is wrong. But yeah, and they admitted it. It's like, we know what's wrong, but we need our stuff. Mm-hmm. And Duke's like, listen, we'll we'll do everything we can to help you. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so we cut to the Cobra base, where a snow serpent provides a report to Cobra Commander that the Joes are planning something. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. Why do we have snow serpents now? There's like no... I don't remember seeing anything arctic around there. Like, it didn't really <laughs> look like there was any snow on the mountains. And like, why is snow job on this mission? Why do we have an arctic... Why, why do we have the arctic trooper where it doesn't look like there's an arctic mission here? Yeah, sometimes when they pick Joes for these episodes, it's like, um, okay. <laughs> so bad. It's like, well, well, we've got the voice actor here, because I believe the the Flyboy was played by Rob Paulson, who plays Snowjob. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, since we got him here, let's use Snowjob, even though it makes no sense to have him on this in this episode. You gotta love it. So, yeah. Uh, so the invasion of the Cobra Palace begins as Snake Eyes and Snowjob appear. And they, un, you know, they basically take him out and uh, make it so that they can... Begin heading towards the Cobra base. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get some a scene aboard one of the whales, the big G.I. Joe hovercraft. And I was like, oh, 
we have a whale, so we've got Cutter. You know, we've got the main G like one of the G.I. Joe boarding parties. Cutter, Scarlet, Quick Kick, Roadblock. And like he's definitely they're definitely wondering what's going on and Roadblock even asked some questions about the afterlife. <clears throat> so yeah. There's definitely some weird stuff going on here. Yeah, it's got some weird vibes for sure. Uh, but we have another team coming in as Duke, Gung-Ho, Airborne, and Ripcord. They end up parachuting out of a plane. And they drop right in front of a section of the walls that are surrounding uh, the Cobra Temple here. And they've got some really good timing here because basically the ghost in the biplane shows up and like blasts it. So like mm -hmm. he opens up a hole in the wall, which of course surrounded by those flames with the faces on them. Ah, oh, man. So it just starts getting weird from here. Yeah, it does. So I'm, they run through not... the thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say it's, it's a weird weapon, but it's effective. Yeah. So they run inside. It's weird because Gung Ho doesn't have his hat on. So he's just <laughs> bald. Oh, man. And Duke's like, Gung Ho, you come with me. We're going snake hunting. Airborne, Ripcord, you two secure the area. It's like, all right, well, their usefulness is done for this episode. <laughs> Damn. It's like, all right, well, they get to jump out of a plane and yell, Yo, Joe. Yep. Goodbye. Like, all right, there's your two words of speaking dialogue, and now you get to stay behind and, uh, you know, secure the ground. Yeah, I hope it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, uh, meanwhile, our other heroes, we have Snowjob, Snake Eyes, and Timber. They fin fend off the Firebat pilots, so no support there for Cobra. Uh, other things, uh, Scarlet and Wild Bill also come up because the whale arrives, so their strike force gets to come up and join the action. Bruh. So, like, oh, no, Wild Bill's in the helicopter. So, like, he actually hits the, the fang that Major Blood is piloting and straight up knocks him out of it. Yeah, that's right. So, oh, man, that thing's tiny. Yeah, no, it's like... Horrible battle model. Right? Like, because it's completely open. Yeah. Like, it's, not even like a roll cage or anything. Zero protection. He's in that thing like... <laughs> it's like, no, you're going to die. And then he gets hit and it's like... ah, Splash. <laughs> This was only a beta test. Oh boy, so we go into the main building. And Cobra Commander is not happy. Of course. Because literally every monitor he says like, No, no, the Joes are everywhere. They're ruining my plans. <laughs> yep. Oh man. 
So the ghosts appear, and they're like, give us our stuff. Give us our stuff. Basically, give us our shit back. So he's like, uh, nope. So he grabs a gun, and he just runs. Leave. He's like, leave me alone. Like, this is ridiculous running. Like, he just runs straight through, uh... Duke and Gung Ho. It was funny, man. Oh man. Oh, this <laughs> this next scene is like amazing. Oh man. <laughs> so somehow a skeleton comes to life. Yes. <laughs> it straight up pushes Cobra Commander against a wall. He's like Give them their stuff. Give them their stuff. Yo, and there is a meme of this pic of this scene online. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Like, there's it's that oh, I forget the exact text of it, but it's like something about Nookie. <laughs> oh my god! Stop it! Oh, dude, I gotta find it. Like. Oh boy, man! So after the third time, it like screams this at him. Cobra Commander's like, "Okay, fine. Take take your shit. I'm out of here. Fuck this shit. I'm out." Right. <laughs> so yeah, they basically. So Duke and Gung Ho arrive, and they're like, "Dude, what?" So Cobra Commander's freaking out and running, because by this point, you know, Cobra Commander's gone. Uh, the the skeleton faded, so whatever possessed that skeleton left. That was just that was just weird, but it was so funny. The skeleton right. was about to fuck you up. Yeah. So yeah, they arrive. They find the in you know they find the things on the gr- on the ground. So, and then the ghosts appear, and they tell their stories. Uh, so the Roman centurion, uh, lot, basically it was his lucky coin, and he lost it while he was gambling. Uh, the warrior, uh, that was her wedding ring. And then the fighter pilot, uh, that was a locket given to him by a woman by the name of Jenny. 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 <laughs> Bruh. Oh, man, man. Dude, the first time I saw Forrest Gump, dude, I had so much trouble watching that movie because of all the bad southern accents. Oh, the accents were horrible. I, like, for a while I thought the movie was hilarious and I just felt bad for him. Yeah, no. Dude, Jenny was a whore. She was a straight up hoe. Like, she almost, like, flat out admitted to, like, cheating on him. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. Forrest deserved so much better. Oh, he did. Oh, my goodness. I'm sick, Forrest. Am I sick, too? Because it burns when I pay. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a serious movie 
or if it was supposed to be funny. The the book was way the book was like way out of left field too. Like he became an astronaut and all this other stuff too. Because the 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 accents were the reason I could never figure it out if it was supposed to be a funny movie Dude. or a serious movie. Like it just so bad I couldn't stop laughing. It was freaking hilarious, especially the accents. Yeah, I know. That shit was fun. I'm not going to lie. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, so uh, the sun comes up on it. It's the next morning. Uh, we see the Joes. Uh, they bury the items in the ground. And Duke's kind of like, well, I guess our work here is done. <laughs> right. He's like, all right, Joes, let's go home. They start to leave. But then we see Wild Bill turn around. And he sees the biplane. So our soldier is flying off into the sunset. And he's got Jenny with him. So like... Did, that was... Did, so I have questions though. So like, did Jenny die around the same time? That's what I'm wondering. Like, what happened? Like, the ghost of Jenny looks pretty young. It's like... I mean, I know a lot of those times, the you know, especially in the war times, you know, if their loved ones die, eventually they'll move on, maybe find someone else, get older. Yeah. But, I mean, but Jenny and the pilot looked about the same age, so it's like, did Jenny die, like, shortly thereafter? That's, like, that was my guess. What, did she get, like, so distraught she killed herself? That's what I was going to say. Like, was she so distraught that he died that she just offed herself or something? Right. That may like all of all the things that happened in this episode that are like off. That That's kind of the biggest questions I had about this episode. As like, morbid as it may seem, it makes the most sense. Right. Like, she just couldn't take that he passed, so she's like, I'm coming yeah. with you. Because definitely the age thing was like, she does not look that old. Mm -mm. Like, she definitely must not have been able to move on. No, she drank that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet poison. Whew. Yeah, she could have started drinking, taking some drugs. Yeah, she might have OD'd. Who knows? Man, Jenny, Ooh, Jenny did rough. not have a Jenny did not have a good life. Apparently, this was a good Jenny, or so we think. Say, <laughs> like, all right, well, I guess Jenny's gonna have a better afterlife. Get her some of that ghost dick now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the episode ends as uh, we see them riding off. Wild Bill just kind of gives him a nice little nod and a thumbs up, and he goes about his business. Yeah, so that was that was pretty much it. It was it was pretty decent. I liked it. Yeah, and it's still weird to think that of all the weird stuff that GI Joe does, this is not even the weirdest episode of the series. No, it's really not. I mean, 
I feel like half the episodes in season two get like <laughs> weirder. Like um, you start with like the first mini series with the mass device. And, yeah. I mean, aside from like the whole mass device concept, it's still a fairly militaristic. Like even you the, the GI Joes were, themselves, uh, like we're torturing Duke. No, not Duke, but um. Oh God, like the the whole the whole mind fuck episode. Mind fuck up. Ep- You're gonna have to be more specific, Phil. Basically, oh, I, I'm like seriously brain farting right now. The sailor, um, shipwreck, shipwreck. Where they were like oh. torturing shipwreck's mind. Oh jeez. And like you had. You had a roadblock melting. You had all this other crap going on. I feel like that's even tame compared to some of the ones they've done. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I could just point you towards season two in general. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to do a refresher. Basically, any and basically just about any plan that Dr. Mindbender comes up with. Dr. Mindbender's just... He's, he's twisted, man. I mean... There's an episode where Dr. Mindbender basically creates like a church organ and the notes control different emotions. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. That's an <laughs> episode. And then, of course, anything involving Serpentor is almost beyond ridiculous. Serpentor is full of roid rage. Yeah, because, you know, unfortunately, when they created Serpentor, well, the various DNA mishmash they used. Yeah, unfortunately, that is a plot point of the episode where um, something happens with one of the very important DNA samples they need. Mm-hmm. Which you guys are more than likely going to find out about here, if you don't know already. <laughs> Yeah, no. Unfortunately, that very important one would have given Serpentor much more patience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah, no. Probably oh, the, the roid rage. Omissions, too. Yeah. I swear, like, that's basically like how half of Serpentor's, mi- like, most of Serpentor's missions fail. He just gets angry. Yeah, he's like, no, do it now. This I command. This I command, right? It's like, if we do it now, it won't work. I don't care. Right? It's like, okay. We All we have to do is wait 10 more minutes. No! Just, just give us 30 seconds. No! I command. Did you not hear me the first time? <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, I feel like this should be a robot chicken skit somewhere. Right. It's like, did you not hear me? This I command. It's like, yeah, he pretty much has this mind made up. Okay. Why didn't it work? Because you commanded too early. Like, well, you commanded it. Yeah, I know. Why didn't it work? <sighs> Sir, you suffer from prema- <laughs> premature commandulation. Oh my god. <sighs> Should have worked perfectly. I commanded it. It's like, 
Yes. And of course, Cobra Commander, it's like, well, it would have worked, but you insisted that the device look like a snake. It, well, it looks cool. Yes, but that kind of ruined the whole point behind the device. It was a spherical device that would have gone right through the mountain and infiltrated J.I. Joe's base, but you wanted it to look like a snake, and now I can't. Oh, man. Oh, I had to find it, but I think there was an episode where basically that happened. So the device looked like a snake, but then, like, they made it, like, go too far off the edge of, like, the cliff where it was stationed. But then because it was, like, a snake-shaped, it was, like, too top-heavy on one end, and then it fell. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, okay, cool. But, <sighs> but I commanded it. Oh, Cobra. So much stupidity and infighting. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Oh, that would have been interesting if they could have gone with the... Uh, the whole Cobra Civil War thing from the comics. Oh my god. Although they were they were setting it up. Um the last episode of season two, Into Your Tent I Will Silently Creep. There was yeah. a lot of stuff being set up for what would have been the third season before the series basically got cancelled and they just did the movie. Oh yeah. And then Deke took over with future G.I. Joe properties, like, you know, four years later. Damn. But yeah, no, they were sending up a lot of stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, but we'll go more into that when we actually talk about that episode. But there were definitely a lot of hints in that episode of kind of splitting off the bad guys into two different enemy factions and Basically kind of going through a Cobra Civil War. Damn. That sounds like a gold mine. Right? And that's something that's never been touched on in really any of the animated forms. Although really... Although although really no... There really hasn't been a lot of G.I. Joe animated properties. And nothing that's been sustained long enough to get to the point of a cobra civil war oh man i hope someone tries because that sounds like that would be a thrill to watch oh it would be awesome sheesh man they gotta do damn they gotta do something right watch the fuck out of that and now we've got like new gi joe products coming out with the classified series figures the six inch stuff yeah. Oh, dude, those figures are amazing. I've been checking out some of those figures you've been talking about, dude. Good God. Oh, and I saw the ones you posted. Mm-hmm. Damn, that shit's nice. Oh, dude. Although, it it's weird, because I've got the, uh, the gung-ho figure here. He's got uh-huh. a removable hat, and he's got, like, this weird mohawk. So when you take oh. his hat off, he looks like Chuck Liddell. <laughs> this this class the the classified gung ho figure when you take his hat hat off he looks like Chuck Liddell. That is funny. Like why? Chuck, 
want to play you want to play him in a movie soon right that actually I now mean, that i think about it it would work i mean if chuck liddell's not too old to do it yeah gotta get that man some acting chops but jeez how how old Whew. is chuck liddell i don't know He's up there. He's been fighting for a while. He's up there. Ah, he's 50. Yeah, he can do a one-off movie. Oh, that'll be interesting. Because I think the next thing that's supposed to come out G.I. Joe-wise is the, the Snake Eyes movie. Nice. I know that's been gotten, like, delayed. Because I think it was supposed to come out, like, tail end of this year. But but the COVID's d- delayed it. So I think it's getting released next year. Nice. I hope they, um... Just hope they do better with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they definitely... Like... They, they kind of redeem themselves like, by killing Channing Tatum, but we need more. Yeah. There were definitely <laughs> some odd things about those movies. Like, the first one... Remember at the very end where they were, like, doing the vehicle battles... Yeah. And it kind of had some weird ragdoll physics to it. What was but that? That's what that <laughs> is literally an on-screen representation of what happened when you played with the toys as a child. Seriously, they had like some team America going on there. It's like everything was like just flying around and exploding. I'm like <laughs> This is literally what happens when you played with the toys as a kid. They just somehow translated it to an on-screen action battle. It's like they were making a commercial for the toys. Oh, dude. Bro. Oh, dude. The the toy commercials were literally just, OMG, here's Sergeant Slaughter. Oh, it's a cobra. <laughs> Mom, I need all of them now. Here you go, honey. <laughs> They're all in a laundry basket. He just dumps them all out. Oh man! Explosions everywhere. Uh, oh, dude, I used I used laundry baskets all the time. Oh, me too. Because the ones I had were like perfect, so you can just kind of slip the like the arms and legs in, and then yeah, it, like a... it kind of recreated. Remember in GI Joe the movie when they got all wrapped up by the by those vine things. And stuck oh, yeah. to the tree. That's basically. I would use laundry baskets for that, to like recreate like oh. that captured. True. Because you could just stick the arms and legs through the slots if you had the right laundry basket. Oh, that's funny. Freaking have... um, I used to use I used to use stuff like that too. It was just like if you had it, it was just like uh-huh. extra stuff. Like mine would be like a drop down cage or some shit. Yeah. Like Ninja Turtles. Yeah, because I made I made the mistake once of like wrapping them up. I think I used like I think I used yarn. Oh, it took me it took forever to get them down. Oh man. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna find something where I can just like slip the arms and legs in and make this a whole lot faster. Oh, that reminded me of like remember the when they came with the parachute kits? Oh jeez. For the GI Joes. 
Oh man, I used to love those things, but getting the string to unravel from them sucked. Oh jeez. I mean, yeah, any toy that comes with string is a nightmare. Yeah, like the concept was fucking awesome, but because it's not going to be like something thick, like you can actually work with. It's going to be like the thinnest string possible, like like cross stitch thread. It's like you hear that, people? Team yeah. thick. <laughs> yeah, no that that string was so ridiculously thin. Oh yeah, dude! It just once and you, you were weren't done... getting that, you weren't getting that stuff separated with with child hands. Tiny, inexperienced child hands. Bruh, no. Trying to untie a ton of knots from the inside of your GI Joe's like armpit. Yeah, it it. Yeah, it, it was pretty much just you hand it to your parents, they cut it off and just restringed it. <laughs> right. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, good old G.I. Joe. Bunch of knots in your parachute string. <laughs> All right, but I think that'll do it for this episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Of course, check us out on social media. Subscribe to this podcast on all of the major podcast providers. We're out there on all of them, whichever one you prefer. You can hit the subscribe, leave the comment, leave the like, all that good stuff, and just help share the podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Bring your asses back here. We love you. <laughs>